Listen to the Dodo's new podcast, An Animal Saved My Life, for heroic stories like a pit bull who put herself between her mom and an oncoming train. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. Don't take our word for it. Listen to An Animal Saved My Life on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good evening, America. Good morning, Australia. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio Tony, and this is my new show. Um, We will be going weekly for 50-minute shows from now on, and you'll get an extra dose of Radio Tony each week. So this week, I have with me the most fascinating guest I've had in a long time. Her name is Susie Dent, and she is a high-energy, charismatic speaker, motivator, and personal development coach. She specializes in the areas of personal growth, transformation, self-esteem, mindset, and helps men and women empower themselves to realize their dreams by introducing them to the power of yes. She is a successful business owner, entrepreneur, presenter, mentor, and she has also had a wealth of experience in the makeup and beauty arenas. She was originally from Sydney and quickly became the biggest uh, agency for bridal hair and makeup in Sydney in the early 90s. She's worked extensively across television and radio, and today Susie is going to give us a little bit of an outline of her journey, and then we have a special topic we want to touch on today about narcissism. So please welcome to Radio Tony, Susie Dent. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tony. What an awesome introduction. That was fabulous. I'm so glad when I have people in my actual studio to talk to because it's like having a conversation in my lounge and it works so much nicer. So Susie um, has this huge background in uh, beauty and makeup and she's done makeup for television for forever. She's also got a wonderful career in uh, presenting, speaking and emceeing. So I'm going to throw to Susie now and she can give us a bit of a background of her life up until now before we start talking on our important subject for today. 
over to you, Susie. Oh, thank you, Tony. Well, hi, everyone. How nice to, uh, you know, radio meet you all. <laughs> um, oh, look, I, I, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be an air hostess when they were called oh. flight attendants. And I went all through school and I had this little brochure next to my bed and every night I would look at, you know, I'd read it, it was TAA and ANSET, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the domestic airlines, and that's all I wanted to be and that got me through school. Um, and I went for the interview when I was 19 and I didn't get in, uh, which oh, really? was actually good. <laughs> well, you know, they had very strict height yes. and weight back then and I was like a yeah. couple of pounds overweight. <laughs> oh, excuse me, and they were really fussy on scars. Oh. And I'd fallen off my platform shoes back then three <laughs> times and ripped a hole in my foot, right? Oh. So I was really conscious of this scar when I went in there. Yeah. And there was this big panel interview and they, and they asked me, you know, about my scar and I completely threw the interview. So, um, And then I discovered makeup. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I was overseas, I discovered I went overseas when I was twenty, mm-hmm. and I discovered there was a thing called a makeup artist. Yes, uh, and I'd been surrounded by makeup my whole life because my mother was into Avon, so oh it was, yes, you know it was yes. always around. Yes, uh, and I realised that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah, uh, and my uh, I got into a school back back in Australia, the only yes. one in the country. Yes, uh, studied, found my passion, yeah. uh, and have worked in film and television, doing uh, glamour and special effects and. Uh, uh, mainly in the television uh, yeah. industry for um, decades, yeah. which has been wonderful. I'll bet you've got some fascinating stories from those years in television. Oh, I do, I do, <laughs> I do. But makeup artists aren't really supposed to kiss until. I know, <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, and you're probably not going to tell us about any of those things live on air. So you have this wonderful background in hair and makeup, and what's that led to as your life progressed? Oh, look, it's led to. Um, it's led to some amazing opportunities. It's yeah. led to amazing opportunities uh, to be a mentor for young up-and-coming yes. uh, makeup artists because I love to do that. Yeah. Uh, being able to give back to an industry that, you know, has helped you. Back in the olden days, nobody helped you because you were the competition. Yes. Uh, but yes. there's so many now. Uh, I love doing that. I've had speaking opportunities. Yes. Um, training opportunities. Um, I uh, Through makeup, I got to work with this wonderful woman who was um, running a course for women from underprivileged backgrounds. Oh, wow. Um, and we would get together and my, my it was a three-day course and she taught them about manifesting and yes. uh, and uh, doing vision boards. Yes. Uh, and she had like a 90% success rate in getting them back into the workforce. And wow. Uh, we, the third day I'd come in with my, I'd call it my Mary Poppins makeup bag. Yeah, yeah. And I would do makeup on all of them and then we would uh, just a light makeup and I'd talk to them about self-esteem and yeah. about, uh, you know, pretty much how much, that you don't have much time to make an impact when you go yes. for a job interview, yeah. what to wear, why to put the girls away, why to hide the tattoos, all that sort of stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, to prepare yeah, them. Yeah. And then we take them out to lunch to the local like RSL. Some mm-hmm. of them have never been out to oh, lunch in their lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of these women I had to take the makeup off before they went home because that oh, was not a good thing, you know. Oh. So I learned a lot about life. Yeah. Um, I loved working with those women. Um, yeah. uh, that was wonderful. Then the government took the funding away, so it all ended. But we did it for <laughs> quite a few years, which was yeah. great. It was yeah. very fulfilling. So the, uh, I've had many doors opened like that. Properly applied makeup can do amazing things for a woman's self-esteem. Absolutely. And if you're not, and there's little tips and, and tricks and things to do that make a difference in the way that you apply it and the way that you look, and if you get that right, it does help with your overall presentation and it certainly helps with your self-esteem, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
it's uh, it's so important uh, when we look in the mirror that we see reflected to, back to us yeah. the person that we feel that we are. Yeah. yeah. And makeup can do that because it's yeah. all light and shade, you yeah. know. And yeah. if uh, you know talk correctly and you do do it correctly, you can you can change features. You can make your nose yes. look longer and shorter. Yes. You make your cheekbones look higher, and not with you and know you the dramatic cover, makeup, but you can cover things. Cover you things know, that you you've don't... got. Um, you know, port wine stains is amazing yes. makeup out that you yes. know. There's there's all sorts of things you can do. Makeup yeah. is is all about self esteem. Yeah, I agree. All about yeah, you know, and finding out what looks good on you and what accentuates the beauty that's in with within each woman is important, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's probably well, it's not probably. It's my favourite moment. Yeah. When I do beauty makeup. Um, uh, especially for young girls who are having it done for the first time yeah, yeah. Uh, when, you know, they're doing their school formal uh-huh. uh, and they look in the mirror and they, they, they their face is just full of light uh, mm-hmm. and smiles and they see this amazing-looking young woman and yeah. it's a great start. Yeah. And, and on the other, the flip side, a yeah. bad makeup can do your head in, uh, <laughs> you know. I've, I've met women who, who had a bad experience when they were at yeah. that age at for that actual event, yeah. had a terrible makeup, oh. then then believed for years afterwards that they just looked awful with makeup on so you know and they couldn't put it on so they didn't and to make up women like that and introduce them back to actually no it was it's not you it's them yeah uh and show them what they can look like is also great that's really special that's very powerful yeah so along with the makeup and the workshops how did your life evolve then Oh, look, you know, I, I changed my life a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, and I was found because I was found on a, a thing called Star Now because I'm a makeup artist. Right. Um, uh, by this lady who uh, was the director of the Mrs. Earth Australia pageant. Yes. Yes. And she contacted me uh, and told me that she thought I'd be a really good fit for their pageant as, yes. as, as a contestant. Yes. Yes. So, um, after I picked myself up off the floor laughing because, you know, at the time I was, I was 55 at the time um, and I never wore dresses. So I was just completely right. flattered and I said, oh, thank you so much, darling, you've made my month, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she came back and said, no, no, um, there's actually older women doing this. Oh, right. Because so, we're not – Australians aren't so much into the pageants as perhaps our American listeners are. Uh, for Americans, there's a wide range of, of pageants, but we're not so big on them in Australia. There's like Miss Australia and uh, Miss World and Mrs Earth. And, which are all young women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't so, often see older women yeah. uh, doing – And we rock. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, well, I rocked, darling. <laughs> I'll just say. Yes, yes. I was going to say. So tell us about your that this pageant. Oh look, you know, well the thing was, um, I um, I was in a place in my life that I really needed to change things because yeah. uh, my husband had been suffering from depression and yes. our life was like this groundhog day. Yes. Of him being sad and angry all the time. Uh, and I knew I needed to change. I couldn't change him, yes. but I knew I, I could change me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I wasn't comfortable where I was, I needed to do something about it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I put it out to the universe, and then two weeks later, this woman contacted me. Ah. And I'm a big believer in paying attention to the signs Absolutely. life sends us. You know, life or God, we get sent messages. Yes. Sometimes they're just little tiny messages. Or and, connected and, to amazing know, people yeah. that change your yeah. life. And that's why we have to say yes. Yes. I just you know? say 2019 was absolutely my year of saying yes 
terrifying as that has been, but what a blessing when you start saying yes and just doing it, how the doors open and how things fall into place. So you went into the pageant. I went into the pageant and the thing for me um, is my whole life I've been a tomboy. I covered up. I never wore dresses. I really was psychologically I had a fear of the frock right? and me wearing it loved it on everybody else but really I'd put it on and I felt so uncomfortable yeah I really really I couldn't walk out of the house um so but doing the pageant and and they had a wonderful charity Mm -hmm. um that was uh, called souls for souls which is in America and they collect new and used shoes for people uh, to distribute overseas to Mm -hmm. those who have none Mm -hmm. um so I was really attracted to the charity and what I could do for it yeah uh as a wardrobe stylist in film and television as well as a hair and makeup artist I'm always into secondhand clothes so it was right up my alley you know um and uh it was an look it was an amazing journey I won't drag it out too long I got amazing sponsorship from Vatacard Australia uh we had uh, a a great campaign to raise awareness all around the country there was press involved uh so I got to uh you know go on tv uh you know because I said yes you know but uh, and uh uh, I got to support the business and the charity and the pageant at the same time. And each yes. time I did it, uh, and each time I wore a dress, yeah. um, I, I, I like to say I was building my self-esteem one yes. frock at a time. Yeah, yeah. So I went down to Melbourne mm-hmm. after practicing to wear high heel shoes because yes. I've been wearing runners and flat shoes my whole life, which are far more comfortable. But nevertheless, and you know, orth- orthotics don't fit in high no, heels. I found don't. that out the hard way. <laughs> So, you know, I'd practice standing at the end of my bed, you know, I'd just stand there and, you know, they're only little heels. Uh, and uh, then I'd practice walking on the carpet before I got to the tiles, you know. Yeah. So I went down to Melbourne. I did everything I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I won the first mm-hmm. Mrs. Earth Australia of against women who were half my age. You did. Of so, course you did. And I went down there to win, actually. Yeah. I went there to so win. So you set that intention? I've had the left? intention. I visualized being crowned Mrs. Earth yeah. Australia. Susie yeah. Dent, Mrs. Earth Australia. Yeah. Every Did they day. Do a tiara or oh, a crown? I have a crown and a sash. <gasps> a Mrs. Earth Australia sash, which is wonderful. And then the doors, there so many things started happening. Yeah. Uh, three months later, I found myself in Vegas yes. representing Australia. 55. A non-dress wearer, yes. Um, not not uh, skilled in the art of walking in high heel shoes very well, um, but I was just on this ride, and yes. I was just open to whatever life was bringing me. Mm. I wasn't holding holding myself back. I studied all the pageantry in America yeah, yeah. and all the websites, and I learned. Yes, uh, this was a whole new world for me. I had a goal. Because you have, I had a goal they, to reach. That's great. And they interviewed you, don't they? And, oh and yes. Ask you about your goals. Oh and, yes. And your vision. Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. They do. Uh, so I, I had interviews and I told them what I was doing with children and introducing them to the charity of Souls for Souls. I got to speak about that. Yeah. Um, I, live in, in Las Vegas? Uh, live on the stage yeah. and live because they have judges. So you get yeah. judged. So yeah. you speak to each of the judges. Uh, and uh, Scary then, uh, stuff. <laughs> oh, look, well, the thing is I don't mind talking. So yeah. that's actually the good part for me. <laughs> so I was pretty happy with that. I was more worried about face planting the stage in my high heels. <laughs> yeah. So, and they say that uh, the interview, like pageants are all won and lost in interview because you're actually, yeah. it's not so much about what you look like, it's yes. about what you represent. And how you speak. And, and how you articulate. speak. You're, you're going for uh, an interview as the CEO of a company representing this brand. Yeah. yeah. And they want to know that you're the right woman for the job. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's so much more than yeah. being attractive and wearing a dress, you know, mm-hmm. which I did do. Well, my very first gown of my life, which was amazing, which the first sleeveless thing I ever wore. Oh, wow. In my life. So wow. I pushed through a barrier. 
Um, I um, there was a swimsuit section, which I wasn't going to wear a bikini because that's just you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, just, let's not have the kind of too much personal growth at once now, can we? So uh, and bikini. some some doors shouldn't be opened, you know. Bikinis are scary. Oh uh, look. You know, clothing for, uh, I, I at the best of times, you know. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, there was no age. There was no age yeah. thing to this, so none of the judges knew my age. Oh, okay. You know, and I was oh, competing with women who I could have given birth to, which was wow. really fun of being yeah. an older woman to yes. be on this level playing field, yeah. but with the the brain that yes. of a fifty five year old, you know, yeah. and the confidence, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my husband and I came up with this Bond girl inspired scuba suit. So it had <laughs> sleeves. So it's yes. still technically swimwear. Okay. Right? I crossed a line, but it was grey. Yeah. Uh, a zipper up the front, little boy yeah. legs, so yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, no yeah. cleavage, yes. no bottom. But still and then beautiful. I look was fitted and nice, yeah. and I felt. But more importantly, I felt really comfortable to yeah. walk out there like that. Yeah, yeah. I strapped a dive knife to my bicep, <laughs> a dive knife to my leg. I strutted out there on the stage, put my arms up, and went rah! Uh, and uh, they'd never seen anything like it before. And I scored three tens and a nine point five. Oh wow! So, which was amazing. So um, that was a, such a uh, for me uh, being the non-dress wearer, put her yeah. out of herself like yes. that to the world. It was quite uh, empowering for me. Yeah, yeah. I ended up coming third runner, uh, third runner up in the world out of thirty-six wow. women. Wow. Um, representing the older woman because I was yeah. the second oldest in the pageant, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, I got um, I was on Sunrise two hours after I came home. Oh my goodness! Um, I had radio interviews and uh, the, it was just the the tomboy to beauty queen story at yes. fifty five. Yeah. You know, uh, so if pretty much you know I'm pretty normal as you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, if you just say yes to opportunities, you never know what doors are going to open. It's very empowering to start saying you know? yes rather than no oh, and worrying about. And if well, I hadn't said worrying, yes, just saying you know, yes and going with the flow, isn't it oh, really? And it was amazing over yeah. there. And look, I'm now I'm now a motivational speaker. Yes, uh, the doors have opened to me to what I really know is my passion, which is speaking on stage. I yes. love being a host of a show and yes. an MC. I've now yes. got a, a show that I'm a host of. Yeah, here on the Gold Coast, yeah. a live a live audience show, which is great. Yeah. Um. Uh, my husband is doing so well. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, really overcome his depression because this yeah. has really lifted us. Yeah. It's been an amazing journey all round. It's wonderful. Uh, Jason, hi. This is Tony Lontis and you're live on Radio Tony and you were talking with the wonderful Susie Dent. And, yes, my man, it is a new show on W4WN and Radio 4AUS. Thanks for asking, Jason. So, Susie, you went and you did the pageant and you come back and you had interviews and um, opportunities open up to you. And I know that you've had lots of experience with lots of different things. So, walking through that depression with your husband was a big thing for you guys to get through and a big thing to walk through for both of you. And there's been lots of not so great things happen throughout your life. And I know that the topic we really want to talk to today uh, relates to narcissism. But probably before we actually get to that, let's just give the listeners a lead into what that means. What is a narcissist? The true meaning yes. of a narcissist is somebody who doesn't have any empathy. Yes. They have the inability to feel and to and to actually empathise with you. They can't feel what you're feeling. Yeah. They can feel for themselves. Yes. But they can't relate to you or anybody else for that matter. So yeah. a true narcissist is someone who doesn't have any empathy. My mother. 
Yes. Was the true narcissist as yours, yes. yours was. Yes, definitely. Uh. And there are traits in these people that cause lifelong suffering to the people around them, not so much to the narcissist because they're generally not anywhere near understanding what their personality or the attributes of their personality are. Um, before we delve into this subject deeper, uh, Kyle has a lovely question. So how did you bring yourself to do all these amazing things? Oh, good question, Kyle. It is. You know, the thing was is I was doing it for the charity. Yes. Uh, the charity were uh, running out of money. They really needed uh, a hand to keep going. Do um, you get to pick the charity or just uh, the they pageant? actually No, actually you can pick whatever charity you like. Yep. But because the pageant contacted me and I was just going with the flow, that was who they were representing. Okay, yep. Uh, so I got uh, – I had a great campaign for them, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was it was wonderful. I think that's yep. what pushed me through. I was doing it for them. Yes. Um, I was doing it to so, change my husband, to help my husband. And that helped you get over that helped me push, any fear yeah, yeah. and push through to it get. It did. And yeah. look, the first dress I put on, the first gown I put on. How scary It was, was a little bit, it had sleeves, it was. It had sheer fabric across the chest. Yeah. I looked down, I could see my skin and I burst into tears. Oh, With darling. fear. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it was, it was, uh, but I had to do this. I was doing this for a yeah. really good cause. Yeah. I really had to push myself through it. And, and it might sound silly, no, but no, it was a real issue for me. That's the thing about fear. It is just a feeling mm. and that it will pass and you can walk through it and get to the other side. Mm, absolutely. But it's about even just taking a moment and going, whoa, this is really, really scary, but my bigger vision and my bigger driver is making money for that charity. So I'm going to do this anyway. Mm. And you slowly, your mind slowly starts to realise that the fear is only a feeling, that it will pass, mm. and if you just keep going and step through, you get to the other side. And every time you do it, it makes you a little bit stronger. And to learn that um, at, at, at 55, is a really wonderful thing to do, isn't it? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, why did you fear your own skin? This is from Frida. Well, this kind of – thanks, Frida. Thanks for asking. It, it actually leads back to how I was raised by yes. my narcissist mother. Yes. Um, my mother uh, had really bad jealousy issues. Yes. Uh, regards me. Um, she uh, – it was very uncomfortable when I was when I blossomed into a young woman, uh, she got obsessed with my legs. I have good legs. I'm very grateful for she that. She does have good legs, <laughs> just so you know, listeners. <laughs> Um, but she she really became very envious. She couldn't control that side of her. Yeah, you could so you could cut the air with a knife with the jealousy. Sometimes it was very uncomfortable. Mm. She she started speaking to me like I was my father's mistress. She she <gasps> she, she she would interrupt conversations with us like you're talking about me, aren't you? Um, whenever I'd look nice, it was a real problem. So I learnt that if I dressed down and I and covered my legs up yes. and I wore no makeup and I'm yep. blonde, so no mascara, I look, you yeah. know, pretty tired. Um, uh, that it actually made her a little bit easier to be around. So I made her more comfortable in my presence. Oh. So I dressed down and I covered myself up. And that was the start was of those beginning. issues yeah, with self-esteem, yeah. the way you looked, yeah. your fear of showing skin yeah. started from that point. Yeah. Because she made me feel bad about my body. Yeah. You know, when I was thirteen, I had I had problem. I had problem. I was a very well developed woman. Yes. You know, I had problem when I was twelve. Yes. With sexual abuse, you know, yes. Yes. Uh, from an outside person, and and when I was thirteen, my my mother didn't like women. Yeah. Uh, and she was really 
my breasts were cut large and that was the last time she hugged me. She actually pushed me away and went, get those things away from me. So I developed a really, really poor body image because if your mother doesn't like you and can't touch you because your breasts are in the way, then what what are you? And that's not something you have any control about. No, no. no. That's what you're genetically given no. and handed, and yeah. And when you're when you're sexual, not sexually mature, when you're physically mature at a young yes. age as a woman, Makes you attract older men. Yeah, you know, so you have people looking at you, and and, yes. and especially in the 80s, giving you yes. comments, and uh, uh, it was a very confusing time for me. So Did covering you, up and being a tomboy was I went through life safer. Did you talk to your dad about how you were feeling? Or were you like like I was? I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about the things that I was feeling and, and how bad I felt about myself. I couldn't talk to my father about that. Yeah. Um, there was only certain things I could talk to my father about. He was yes. very, very religious. Uh-huh. There were very, very strict boundaries in yes. of communication, yes. really, in my house. Yeah. Uh, so I could only have an opinion to a certain extent about things. Yeah. Um, uh, which is being raised by a narcissist you actually you, you you're wired by them you're actually yes. programmed so having a mother as a narcissist you're programmed in a way that you're not important for one thing that yes. your feelings are invalid that you're and the, your opinion is worthless and that their opinion is and all encompassing their control yes and they were both like that unfortunately so i had both of them he was very loving but he had a bit like i look i thought that my mother had a split personality when i was growing up Okay. Because uh, in a lot of narcissists, it's like there's there's one person for the public and the act that they put on yes. where people think that they're absolutely the wonderful. The perception that they give out to the public. That's right. And yeah. then there's the other one at home. Yeah. And they can completely change. My mother would be on the phone. We used to call, used to call her Doris Day. <laughs> She used to watch a lot of Doris Day movies and she would be Doris. She laughed like Doris. She sang like Doris. She walked, talked. She was, uh, mind you, Doris was fun to be around. <laughs> she was great fun. Uh, but when she wasn't Doris, her whole entire face would change. It could literally be as soon as she put the phone down. Yeah. Her eyes would change. You know, it was okay. like, it's like everything sagged. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. However, they do, um, I've done a lot of study about yes. daughters of narcissist mothers yes. Yes. over the years, and and that the and actually Doris Day is very common oh, amongst really? women all over the world who have been yeah. raised like this is this yeah. fake persona, and a lot of them actually said, "Oh, she, and, my mother was Doris as well." Yeah, and and the perception that they put out to the public is not what you get at home. Like it's completely no. different. No, and people in the outside world often love these people and protect them and think they're awesome and wonderful. But in as soon as they come home, it's completely different. It's not the same. So it's very difficult as a child and as a particularly as an, a teenager when you're struggling at the best of times to make head nor tail of it. And it's often we don't realise these things until we're quite a lot older and you start to look at yourself and look, look into yourself and you start to think about some of these concepts and start to study like you have, Susie, and discover that the traits of these people are really harmful. They leave lifelong damage, particularly to the children that grow up in these homes. So you, obviously this the concept of having a narcissistic mum didn't come till later in life. Was it like a light bulb moment or was it a slow realisation that that's what you dealt with? 
Oh, no, it was a complete light bulb moment. Yeah. But like I said, I've always thought she had a split personality, so yeah, yeah. I always knew there was two of them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I started Googling narcissism. I think I was 50. Yeah. So I took till then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went on this website where, they, you know, you tick off the, 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 the 10 trait. questions and I'm like, tick, 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 okay. Uh, but I've spent my life trying to figure them out. Oh, yeah. Actually, yes. from when I was the best thing that ever happened to me, actually, when I was 21, uh, this woman who lived up the road yeah. took me for a cup of tea after after she'd been to my 21st birthday party. That was a disaster that my parents had thrown for me <laughs> oh, to no. tell me that, um, oh, look, look, this is a narcissist, right? My mother wanted to light the birthday cake. She was ready to light the birthday cake. Your I birthday was, uh, cake? My birthday cake for my 21st. I was on the toilet. I was stuck, okay? You know, we all know what being stuck on the toilet is. We're talking number twos here, right? My mother, I want to light the candles now. I was being screamed at to get out. It's like, I'm stuck. You know, I can't leave now. You just, But the narcissist's mother will not wait, so she lit the candles. Right, she so, didn't blow them out, though. No, 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 because, okay. that, you know, they don't, push, they don't push the boundaries that much uh, in front of strangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's a typical thing, you know. It, I think we need to explain to people what uh, what narcissists do is uh, they they program you with the way their self-belief, yep. um, how they see the world. You're not allowed to see the world in another way. Um, uh, I'll give you an example, right. My mother, I've said she doesn't like women, which also meant she didn't like me. She really yeah. liked my brother a lot more than me, who was three and a half years younger. Yeah. But she also didn't have any close female friends. Mm. Uh, occasionally there was women around with their husbands. Once they saw her, they ran. Um, <laughs> so they weren't around. So I had I no. I have a mental vision of uh, that. <laughs> look, they'd be there uh, with their kids, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden we'd never see them again. Um, but what they, she hated a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but she hated hated fat people, sick people, clowns, women, right? So if you just imagine when you're a little kid and you're driving along the road, my mother, the road, my mother would always point out an overweight person <gasps> with great disdain and horror and uh, look at that, that's disgusting. Oh, my goodness, you know. But when you hear and, and you're, you, you are encouraged yes. to join in, yeah. uh, in fact, yeah. you kind of have to. Yeah. You're always visually pointed. You've got yeah. and, and this is how you're raised. That's just one thing. But if yeah. you imagine a whole lot of negative stuff and, and it can also be um, uh, how, it's how they view the world as well. My that parents were negative, very fearful. negative about all sorts of yes. things, you yes. know. My, they, they were scared of language and swearing. My father would cut people off if they had a swear world. If we went to PG movies and we'd drive all the way into Sydney, yeah, a long way from the western suburbs, yes. and if the word SH, you know, excrement yes. was said, we'd stand up as a family and we'd leave. Whoa. I know. So there was some really, there was some, they, they had some problems, my parents. <laughs> However, they both I, used to project that on me. Yeah. Uh, and it, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just verbal. It wasn't just manipulative. Um, uh, it was like sly things, you know. Um, uh, I was, uh, when I was 12, I was a swimmer. I used to love swimming. Yes. I also used to love taking, uh, I'd scream in the pool under yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. feel good when I got out. Yeah. I, I was like three seconds off a Commonwealth game trial time when I was 12 because yeah. I hadn't eaten dinner. Oh. Right? which was amazing. Oh. So, of course, the two narcissists, another mother would go, great, no food, awesome. Yeah. The narcissist mother makes sure that you're fed every single time so you never, ever make those times again. No Okay, way. this is what narcissists do because things are about them. You can't be better than them. Yeah, that manipulation is Very. really, it, it, I don't know, it took me the longest time to figure out that I was actually being manipulated. Mm. 
because uh, uh, you're raised like that. You don't know any better. <laughs> you don't know. No. And then when you're you realise, then you, you realise how you're being manipulated. And it's not just about manipulating you. It's about manipulating the people around you to force you to do what they want you to do rather than allowing people to make their own decisions and, and go their own path. Narcissists like to control everything in and around them and once they get their hooks into you and you you can be manipulated they just have free run of your life and it's not good um philip wants to know how can anyone deal with a person like that well this is a great question (laughs) thank you philip thank you what an awesome question how do you deal with someone like that I developed techniques in my in my life to yeah. deal with my mother. Some of them uh, we all develop actually yes. um, as narcissists. You know, uh, oh, sorry, children of narcissists. As you, apart from things that you shut down inside yeah. yourself to yes. not give them reactions. What I did, I discovered um, that uh, if I pretended. Mm. I tricked my mind. I called it when I was younger. I, did, yeah. uh, I called it the mind shift shield. Yes, yes, yes. So I pretended That's... that she was somebody else's mother uh-huh. when I was around her. Yeah. Um, and I really believed that she was somebody else's mother, as somebody that I liked and respected. Mm. Um, and what that did was that um, uh, when I spoke to her and believed that she was somebody else's mother, she didn't trigger me as much. Okay. Uh, the tone that I used was different. Yes. The words that I used were different. Yeah. Not the usual responses that yes. I was con- conditioned to be triggered with yes. by her. Yes. Um, and in turn, that pro- reprogrammed her and the way she responded to me. Okay. Uh, so I managed to have a um, civil relationship yes. with my mother by doing that. I know it has a really big psychological word, yeah. but, I, but I basically I just called it somebody else's mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it really, really works if you believe it That's because amazing, it does it, and your body language changes because yeah. it's somebody else's mother. You know, yes. you're always on your best behaviour yes. with somebody yes. else's mother, so you become on your best behaviour, not on the defence all yeah. the time. Yeah. That being like that really, really helped me. Yeah. Um, I was always low contact with my mother though. Yeah. Uh, when I moved out of home and mm-hmm, I moved out of mm-hmm. home when I was 18 because I couldn't yes. handle her hitting me anymore because yeah. both my parents were physical with me. Yeah. They used to take out their their days, their frustrations out on me, but never yeah. my brother, never touched him because there's always separations in family with the there scapegoat is. child and the golden child, there you know, is. but we can talk about that another, yeah. a whole other thing, <laughs> you know. But that's what I did yeah. and that really, really helped me and I've told that to several people. It's really helped them was as well. It- better once you left home I know for me it was better once I left home but then I encountered a life that I was completely unprepared for but again that's another whole story but was it better once you left home Susie oh absolutely because like it was so, so much calmer yes I didn't have to be on um you kind of you're waiting yes you're, you're always like not on always. tippy toes but you never know when they're going to change and yeah. you never know when they're going to come for you yeah for the slightest thing yeah so you're always, you know, like I, I, I loved my father, yeah, but I feared my father, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feared my parents because they always came for me, physically yeah. or psychologically. Yes. So leaving home is the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And I left literally because she, she hit me, and I turned around and I punched her in the stomach, and yeah. I'd never hit her before, and I was like, that's it. And I managed to find a place the next day, and I moved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, my dad was away at that time. Two days later, he came to where I moved, had a chat to me for an hour, and then asked for the key to the house. So I had to give my front door key back. Oh. 
Oh. And you know what? Until years later, I never realised wow. how awful that was because I was so programmed to have no feelings and no reactions because I was so used to it. Because if you reacted, yeah. they'd keep going because then they'd win. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So I went through so much of my life of whatever, you yeah. know, yeah, apart yeah. from being a classic overachiever trying to get yes. their attention, yes. Yes. Uh, which never worked. I've got to yeah. say to all you overachievers out there trying to get your narcissist parents' attention, One they'll word. never give you what never you need. Give you, what you need. No, you, know, you have to find that happens. within yourself. And That's your exactly own. right. Yeah. Yeah. Esther wants to know how did you develop coping ways as such a young child? I think it's pretty phenomenal that um, that whole concept of um, pretending it was someone else's mother. So what other things did you do? So you pretended it was someone else's mother. You dressed so that as not to draw attention to yourself. You stopped dressing um, as a girl and, and more masculine shorts, jeans, T-shirts, sorts of things. Were there any other things you did as, as a child? Because then I want to talk about some of the things you did as an adult to protect yourself. As a child, my favourite movie, because it was Disneyland back then, was Pollyanna. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I really resonated with Pollyanna so yes. much when I was young, and mm -hmm. she played the glad game. Okay. And I played the glad game all the time. Yes. Uh, yes. And I'm a naturally joyous person. Yes. Uh, and I've got a great imagination. Yeah. Uh, and that kept me in my safe place. Um, yeah. I also, um, as a child and as an adult, to be quite honest, um, suck my thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because kids have to have something and that it's was mine comfort. and they couldn't take it away from me regardless yeah. of what they painted on it or strapped it with. It was yes. mine. Yeah. Uh, and that was my control of myself when I was a child. Yeah. That, that was my only comfort. I had yeah. a great grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. However, she was alienated from them and there was always wars, but we still got to spend lots of time with her and she was really feisty, single mother, you know, immigrated yes. to Australia, the whole thing. Yeah. Great role model. Yeah. Um, but that's what I did. So I self-comforted as a child. Yeah. Uh, and I did. I played the glad game all the time like yeah. Pollyanna because she was cool and she won. Yeah. So yeah. I was all about winning and I think yeah. I was a really confident child. And Thank the God older I that. got, the more I think my self-esteem took a, took a hit. Yeah. Which it does, I think, it, when you're a teenager, yeah. you know, you realise that's your vulnerable time, you know. Yeah, However, yes. I knew from the, <coughs> excuse me, from the age of 12 that or 11 that my mother didn't have my back and I knew I couldn't trust her. Yeah. Because yeah. narcissists are also liars yeah. and manipulative. Yeah. And they spin stories and they, they create, create scenarios within the family to turn. They do. <coughs> Excuse me, turn people Very against much. you, turn your father against you, turn yes, your brother. turn your siblings against you, tell stories that aren't quite true or miss out, tell half-truths to control the situation. And that's then right. your siblings end up treating you in a way that's just, it's not okay. That's right. That's not right. Not a lot you can do about. So, oh, I've got the cops now too. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Um, they don't celebrate achievements either. No. Which no. is so. That's why I think narcissists uh, have that control over you because you're constantly striving to actually to be seen. Yes. And to be heard and to be acknowledged. Yes. So in a good way, it actually does. It, does it makes you try you. harder, and it it's does. really good. It does drive you. But forward. another way, it can also be gut wrenching when really big, uh, you know, uh, wins are, are just you know wiped under the yeah. carpet, and so no wins of mine were ever celebrated. Yeah. Even winning best makeup artist in the whole of New South Wales wow. against ninety eight companies, I yeah. rang my, my my parents. Yeah. It was after nine o'clock, which yeah. was really no good, uh, and my mother was in the middle of her favourite show because her TV shows were always much more important than me. So I got a really quick word in with my dad and that was it because they hadn't pushed wow. record. Wow. And that was how it always was. It was, And yeah. so it was like you achieve things and, and it, you know, and that I think mm -hmm. 
that sort of thing, that even affects me now. I, I still have a twinge of things now. I, I agree. have a problem with achieving things now and yeah. and 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 then I'm like oh, I can't really talk about it now because yes. I've, I've said it and now I, yes. can't, I can't actually someone actually said that to me the other day they said Tony do you realize what you've achieved in the last 12 months have you really sat back and sat down and and had a look at what you've achieved in 12 months because it's phenomenal and you need to celebrate that and I'm like you Susie I struggle to celebrate that because do you feel I am, it I'm starting to feel it. It's hard, isn't it's it? It's hard. It's really hard because lots of people are, are telling me those things and I'm like, oh, but I can do better, but I can do better. But, but I need to, you need to actually stop and go, no, what I did last 12 months, I did this, this, this and this. And I'm actually really proud of myself because that was hard work. And I had to step through this fear, this fear, this fear, this fear and do that, that, that and that to be where I am now. And that's hard work and you should be proud of it and you should celebrate it. But you have this little track record running in your back of your mind that says, no, you can do better. Keep striving harder. Keep, and, it, and it's, it's also good not good enough. Yeah. And, and, and let's not, not you know, okay, yes, you've done it. That's good. Let's not brag. Yes. Yes. Don't brag about it. Yes. I'll brag to my friends. Yes. But yes. I certainly won't brag to you. And going back to dealing with narcissists, one of those things as you get older and into adulthood is about boundaries and surrounding yourself with wonderful people. And I just want to drop back to Ralph's question. Does this uh, happen in the workplace as well? Damn straight <laughs> it happens in the workplace. Absolutely. You do realise that a large proportion of the most powerful CEOs and company owners and directors in the world are sociopaths with nar narcissistic tendencies. So you are going to come up against this in the workplace Absolutely. without a shadow of a doubt. So you need to be strong in how you put up the boundaries around yourself that protect you. So you did that, didn't you? I Susie? did. The, you you I put did. big boundaries around I your did. mother. I did. I did. Uh, and I didn't really, but she still, they still have an effect on you. Oh, uh, yes. Like my parents moved into state, so that was very handy. Yeah. You know, so that was good. Yeah. Um, but I did, um, I have gone non-contact with yes. my mother. I went non-contact six and a half years ago now. Yeah. Um, which was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. I would never have done the Mrs. Earth thing if yes. she was still in my life. I would not yes. have been able to push through it because she would have just said one thing and that would have been it for yeah. with me in a dress, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was the best thing I ever did. And when you look up, you know, how to get over narcissists, everybody, they all tell you, leave, yes. run. Yes, run, you know, leave, cut you know, them out so. of your life, uh, those sorts of things. However, like bosses, back to the boss question, yes. some bosses can have narcissistic tendencies, as we all do. Yes. You know, we can all have narcissistic tendencies. Yes. Uh, uh, which can be good, Yes. you know. Yes. But the true narcissists without empathy are the ones that they can actually be cruel. Really cruel. And and if you cross a narcissist, and and you can, and you'll know this if it is your boss, and mm -hmm. they don't like your opinion or you, you say something out of turn, they will react in a way that's really completely out of left field really or, really, or really nasty. Yes. That's where you know that, that they really are, yeah. you know. And if you can't get out of that workplace for whatever reason, then you probably have to sit down and take some time and work out some strategies that will work for you. So that might mean limiting your exposure to your boss. It might mean uh, limiting uh, your contact with them. Um, and if that's not achievable, I think that you and your mental health 
are worth more than working in that role. Mm. That's my personal opinion. Um, the, the mind shift shield doesn't just work for mothers either. Yeah, it works you for could, bosses. It works for friends. It works for everything. It's about putting your mind in a different place. Yes, pretending that there's somebody else. You know, you can pretend you're the best boss that your boss. Yeah, that's right. That your boss is a complete clown. <laughs> you know, um, but then, it, but, but what it's doing by doing that, you're empowering yourself. Self. Right. Some bosses are so full on that you don't want to make eye contact with them. You can no. feel the bad vibes coming off yeah. them. You know, the mojo is not When cool. they walk down the hallway. You yeah, just you just want, you just want to blend coming. into the wall, don't you, to not, you know, don't look at me with don't your laser eyes. But seriously, I've, 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 uh, if you do that, pretend, yes. just pretend. We can, we're, we're all wonderful pretenders we when are. we're kids. We lose it a bit when we're adults. And you can tap back into that. You can manifest an a nice boss. Yes, yes. You know? Yes, start saying every day. But it's all about us. We can't yep. change them, but we can change us. That's right. That's and how right. we perceive them. Yep. Uh, and when we no do that. there's no way you're going to change that person. No, no. Unless it's all... they themselves decide to change, yeah. you're not going to be able to do anything that changes them. No. So short of a uh, life-death experience where they go, oh, my God, I'm a bad person and their life changes around, you are the only one that mm. can change in that situation. Mm. You can change how you think. You can change how you react. Mm. You can change what you do. Mm. And that's a powerful thing for you to do. So that my, gives my, you my, back the power. Yes. My mindset when I was a kid is you're not going to win. Yeah. You're not going to yes. win. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. I'm not going to give you a reaction. I'm yes. not going to show you that I'm hurt. Yes. You're not going to win. Yes. And with and with sometimes like all aggressive people, uh, narcissistic people, you don't want to show them. No. You no. know, so if he does, if you, he or she, you yeah. know, the, your boss or anybody yeah. is a narcissist or you know that, don't show them that they've affected you because yeah. they'll move on. Yeah. If, yeah. if they think that they've got you and they can play with they you and they can going. get into your they'll head, just... you become their latest pawn. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they'll right. play with you and you won't even know. Yeah. You know, I've, I've met people who have been in a relationship and, and all of a sudden they've been introduced to narcissism with their partner and it's completely yes. thrown them. Oh, definitely. And and because uh, it's just so, it can be so destructive to one's self-esteem when yeah. you're the victim yes. of a narcissist and yes. their needs, you know. Yeah. However, like you and I both know when you're raised – yeah. By a mother who has no empathy, we're actually we're we're missing stuff, you know. Yeah. So my message fundamentally yeah. missing Things. you crave that acknowledgement. Mm. You crave that feeling uh, from your mother that you are special and doing well and mm. and you're never going to get it. So you need mm. to accept somewhere along the line that you're never going to get that and you need to find it within yourself or out there and it's definitely about surrounding yourself with loving people so Absolutely. Susie is is someone that I have in my personal life as well as my my public life and those sorts of people are blessings for people who are suffering Absolutely. from that and if, if, uh, if you're traits. younger um, I was really lucky to be adopted by one of my my, my college students' parents yes. uh, who saw me, who I was, yes. once a week. They demanded, which was great. Yes. Once because I was living out of home, I'd stay at their place. They'd yep. feed me. Yep. Uh, they adopted me. I got yep. a chance to experience talking around a dinner table, being yes. able to have an opinion, yeah. talking about anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, they helped release me. They helped yep. me find myself. I've been so lucky to have those sort of little people that and yes. families that have just popped into my life yeah. to give me guidance and to love me and to see me yeah. 
which has been wonderful. Yeah. Um, and now I get to hopefully do that for others. Yeah. And again, that's something that you can do in your life because you have control over who you allow into your into your life, into your uh, personal space and, and, and surrounding you. And I can't say it highly enough, surround yourself with people that support and love you no matter what and your life changes because then you have like a protective bubble around you that protects you from the arrows that keep coming your way if you have narcissistic family members uh, narcissistic bosses etc so if you've got a narcissistic boss then best thing for you to do is surround yourself with people who you can talk to about the situation and who you know you have a safe space with so absolutely that was kind of um from the age of 21 after that woman told me uh you know it wasn't me it was them yeah uh you know there was something seriously wrong with my parents that there was nothing wrong with me yeah I then went on a quest and I met you know through makeup school the people that I should who are now my lifelong friends I, I used to talk talk and talk and talk and talk and yes. talk to my friends and they listened and listened, listened. and listened because no so judgment. much of the, no judgment because so much of the things that happened with my parents so much of the behavior was so far out of left field and made no sense yes exactly and the overreaction so but talking to normal people I was just going to say it, it made it made sense and, we, I and I, I helped me figure it out but it took yeah. me about 7 years oh yeah to yeah, yeah. and I had to I unprogrammed myself I yes. realized that my mother used to say to people all the time you know what you should do I used to do that all the time. Yeah. I had so many of my mother's mannerisms, so many of her thoughts yeah. that weren't mine. I, yes. I, I, I really do. I, it took me seven years. I reprogrammed yeah. myself. Yeah. When I'd have a negative thought, looking at yes. something, right, yes. at, at a fat person, for instance, yes. working out that my mother had introduced me to, it always tweaked. I'd yeah. look and, and and feel what I really felt, which was pride. Yes. You know, they're yeah. out there, you know, and 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 not anything like my mother. You yeah. know, so it took me a while. Yeah. And I think that. For me, that we're talking to lots of people who are raised by narcissists, a lot yes. of people, um, they don't get the mindfulness that they have to feel about themselves. That they actually they don't understand. That's I think right. that they've been programmed a way that's not actually them, mm-hmm. that doesn't represent their soul and mm-hmm. their feelings mm-hmm. as well as they should. So they're confused. Yes, they can't communicate as well because they've only yes. got this role. Yes, you know. Oh. Susie, it's been wonderful talking to you today on Radio Tony. Um, listeners, thank you so much for joining into our first show. We are down to the last minute. Um, for those of you that would like to talk to Susie further, in the chat box I'm going to pop up her contact details, her email and her website so that you can send her a message if you like to explore narcissistic parents a little further. And if my computer comes up with Susie's details quickly, I will <laughs> pop them into the – there we go. Oh, yes, please do. Please reach out. I'm more than happy to help anybody who wants to have a chat. Love to help There we you. go. There's Susie's website going up now and her email. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Radio Tony uh, this evening in um, America and this morning in Australia. I look forward to joining you all again next week. This is Tony Lantis. Bye for now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, 
memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom!